Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. My name is Zerda Thors, and this is the Asgard Podcast. The First War Asgard is the home of the Aesir, the race of the gods and goddesses of war, such as Odin and Thor. On the same level of the world lies Vanaheim, home of the Vanir, the fertility gods and goddesses, such as Freyr and Freya. In the golden era of the distant past, the gods lived in harmony, playing games in the meadows. One day, Gullveig visited Odin in his hall at Asgard. Gullveig could talk of nothing but her love for gold. The Aesir loathed listening to such talk and decided that the world would be better off without her. They seized her, riddled her body with spears, and threw her into the fire in the center of the hall. She burned to death, but stepped whole out of the flames. Twice more she was seized, killed, and burned. Twice more she walked whole out of the flames. She was a seer, an enchantress, the mistress of evil magic. When the Vanir heard how the Aesir had welcomed Gullveig, they swore vengeance and began to prepare for war. Odin, sitting in his high seat in Valaskjalf, saw the preparations, and soon the Aesir, too, prepared for war. The gods moved against each other. Odin cast his spear into the host of Vanir. Thus, the first war began. The Vanir quickly gained the upper hand. Using magic, they reduced the walls of Asgard to rubble. The Aesir moved forward and caused similar damage to Vanaheim. The battle raged, and the longer it went on, the more clear it became that neither side was likely to win. The gods wearied and decided to meet to discuss terms. They argued about the origin of the war and whether the Aesir alone were responsible or whether both sides were entitled to tribute. In the end, they decided to live together in peace. To enforce this agreement, leaders from the two sides were exchanged as hostages. Njörð, his son Freyr, and his daughter Freya, who were the leading Vanir, traveled to Asgard. In exchange, the Aesir sent Hænir and Mimir to Vanaheim. The Vanir appointed Hænir to be one of their leaders. With the wise Mimir at his side, Hænir was unfailing, but without Mimir, Heiner seemed incapable of making a decision. Let someone else decide, he would always say. The Vanir suspected that they had been tricked and that they had gotten the worst part of the bargain in the exchange of leaders. For revenge, they hacked off the head of Mimir and sent it by messenger back to Odin and the Aesir. Odin cradled the head, smearing it with herbs and chanting magical charms over it. The head was preserved from decay and given the power of speech, so that Mimir could always share his wisdom with Odin. Freya taught Odin the magic called Seidr, which carried great power. He could learn men's fates, see the future, bring death and misery, or transfer intellect and strength from one man to another. But this magic was so unseemly and effeminate that it was thought shameful for men to have anything to do with it. The Treasures of the Gods As a lark, Loki cut off the long golden hair of Sif, the wife of Thor, one night while she slept. In his rage, Thor demanded that Loki replace the hair, or else he would break every bone in Loki's body. 
Loki traveled to Nidavellir, the land of the dwarves, where he found the two dwarf sons of Ivaldi. They agreed to fabricate hair from gold, as fine as Sif's own hair, and with a magical ability to grow on her head. Once completed, they decided to make additional gifts to please and placate the gods. For Freyr, they made the ship Skidbladnir, which is always wafted by favorable winds, and which can sail on air as well as water. Not only can it hold all the gods and their mounts, it can be folded up and put in one's purse. For Odin, they made the spear Gungnir, which never fails in its aim. Loki was so pleased that he declared the sons of Ivald the most clever of smiths. The two dwarf brothers Brokk and Eitri overheard. Brokk wagered Loki that Eitri could make three items that surpassed the three that Loki held. Loki agreed to the wager, with the stakes being the loser's head. Brokk worked the bellows while Eitri worked the forge. Eitri reminded Brokk that the bellows must be worked continuously without interruption to ensure success. While Brock pumped, Loki changed into a fly and tormented Brock in an attempt to force him to stop and thus ruin the peace. Brock was able to resist Loki's torments while Eitri made Gullinbursti, the enormously fast golden boar for Freyr, and while Eitri made Dröpnir, the gold arm ring for Odin that drops eight similar rings every ninth night. But while Eitri was working the iron for a hammer, Loki stung Brock above the eye, causing a torrent of blood. Brock stopped pumping for only a moment to wipe away the blood, but the damage had been done. The hammer Mjölnir, while still possessing its magic, was short in the handle. Despite the mishap, Brock was still certain of winning the wager. Together with Loki, the dwarves traveled to Asgard and presented their treasures to the Aesir. The gods agreed that Brock had won the wager. Loki fled at the thought of losing his head, but he was overtaken by Thor and returned to Brock. As Brock approached to take Loki's head, Loki pointed out that while Brock had a claim on Loki's head, he had none on Loki's neck. The Aesir had to agree. Brock, denied full vengeance, decided that since Loki's head was his, he could stop Loki's glib talk. Using H's all, Brock sewed Loki's lips shut with a leather thong. After a time of silence, Loki managed to cut the thong and make plans for revenge. The Wall of Asgard During the First War, the Vanir had reduced the walls of Asgard to rubble. After the gods had established the Nine Worlds, a master builder came to them in Asgard. He offered to build a fortification around Asgard that would be secure against the giants even if they should come from the direction of Midgard. The builder promised to complete the job in three seasons, and as payment he asked for Freya to be his bride, and to receive the sun and the moon. The gods assembled in council and came up with a counteroffer. They proposed that the builder would receive his payment only if he completed the job in one season, and did so without assistance from any man. The builder's payment would be forfeit if the job were not completed on the first day of summer. The builder agreed to the offer if he could use his stallion, Svadilfari, to help him on the job. Loki convinced the gods to accept this offer to make their world safe from attacks by giants. Oaths were made and witnesses invoked to bind the agreement. 
On the first day of winter, the builder started work. By night, he hauled the stones with Svadelfari, and by day, he set the stones in place. All the Aesir were amazed at how quickly the work progressed. At the end of winter, the walls were so high that they were impregnable. Three days before the beginning of summer, only the entrance to the walled fortification remained to be done. The gods assembled in council to decide what has to be done. It was clear by this time that the master builder must be a giant. No one else could have completed the work so quickly. The thought of losing not only Freya to the giants, but also the sun and the moon, was too much to bear. Something had to be done. The gods agreed that the person most responsible for this decision was Loki. They declared that Loki would face death if he did not devise some scheme to cause the builder to forfeit his payment. That evening, as the builder drove Svadelfari out for more stone, Loki, in the guise of a mare, ran out from the woods towards the salian and neighed at him. When Svadelfari realized what sort of horse the mare was, he went wild with desire. He tore apart his harness and chased after the mare. The mare ran into the woods with the stallion close behind, and the builder chased after the two of them, trying to catch the stallion. All night long, the three tore through the woods. The next day, not much work was completed. When the builder realized that the job was not going to be completed on time, he fell into a giant rage, verbally abusing the gods for their trickery. The Aesir could see now that the Builder was a giant in disguise, and they revoked their oaths and called upon Thor to pay the giant his wages. But instead of Freya, the sun, and the moon, Thor paid off the giant with a blow from his hammer, Mjölnir, shattering the giant's skull into fragments and sending him down to Nivelhel. A number of months passed before Loki was seen again. His rot with Svadelfari had resulted in him giving a birth to a foal. He returned to Asgard, leading the cult, the colt was grey and had eight legs and was called Sleipnir. He was the best horse among gods and men. Loki gave the colt to Odin. Odin will ride Sleipnir into battle at Ragnarök. All sources were taken from herstwick.org. Next week I'm going to be telling you two stories. The Mead of Poetry and the story of Odin and Geirrodr, the king. As always, if you want to support me on Patreon, the link is in the description. It is also patreon.com slash asgardpodcast. And if you have any questions, you could send me an email at urdathors at icloud.com. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.